everyone. Welcome to the Funny Thing About Parenting podcast. My name is TJ, and this is episode number nine. We are in the glamorous studio of our basement, and I am with the one and only Melissa Therian. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for we, having me. <laughs> we have that's we have done nine episodes together. <laughs> yeah. This started off as oh, let's. Let's just record it, but we'll probably just delete it. That was the first episode. And then we were like, no, let's just do it. Let's do it. Right. And you're like, oh, you just be on it with me for like one episode. (laughs) And here we are, week after week, talking about parenting and kids and marriage. And that's a a conversation we're going to continue today. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. But first off, here's just a little recap of our week. Uh, number one in Minnesota, it is the best month of the year. Mm, yes, we are in the month of May. This is hands down my favorite month. Let me tell you why it's the best. Number one, the flowers are blooming. That's right, I said that. TJ will like stop on the side of the road if he sees lilacs. Yeah, it's my favorite <laughs> smell on earth. It's lilacs, 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 lilacs. I posted that on Instagram yesterday or so, and a lot of people said, we agree. Mm-hmm. Lilacs are the best smell. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a short little stint. It is. It just smells so fresh. I love the spring. Our next door neighbor is just a flower expert. <laughs> and I love that we get to live next door to all of the wonderful smells. Yeah. It and-, <laughs> and it just looks beautiful. Uh, so it's the <laughs> smell of May. I love that there are no bugs out yet. Yeah. So in Minnesota, we get a lot of mosquitoes in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's like you wait all winter long just to be able to step outside without freezing, and then you get eaten by mosquitoes. Yep. It's the worst. But the month of May, there are no mosquitoes yet. Exactly. That's why I think it might be my new favorite. So that's also why I love May. And it's the beginning. It is the beginning of like being being able to enjoy the outdoors now every february you and i fantasize about moving (laughs) we've been doing this for a long time yeah usually we're three months into winter and we say the words this is it we can't do this anymore why are we even here where are we going and then we always come back home to minnesota because we never left in the first place right it was really funny too the other day it's been in the 60s in the 50s, we had one day coming up in the 80s. But before we even got to that, our oldest son, Teddy, was outside. Teddy's nine. And he was out playing with his friends. Mm-hmm. And they were playing catch. And after a little while, they came in uh, towards the backyard and they said, can we please go inside? <laughs> it's too hot out here. Right. It was 63 degrees. Well, he... He's just saying that because he want they want to come inside and play Fortnite, and I feel like he he feels like he needs a logical reason to like <laughs> get us to say yes. So I I feel like that's why he says he that. was really acting it out. Like he was like, <laughs> I'm so exhausted. It's so hot. We can't be out here. It's 63 degrees. Like it's barely t-shirt weather. Right. Most people like if you live in Southern California, that's Put on a jacket with <laughs> oh. And I said, buddy, if... if just wait till tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Just wait. You've got a rough summer in if you are 
complaining about 63 and then the next day was 86 and i think we made him be outside the whole and day he was, yeah he, <laughs> and he was he was they he actually was doing like like water swimming stuff so yeah and then he was and fine. then the next day uh we sent all of the kids over to my parents house and it sounds like they had a great time so that you and i could accomplish one big task mm. now if you're listening and you have any sons or daughters who share a room you will probably resonate with this and that unless you are a super mom or a super dad <laughs> but the girls room has been stressing us out forever mm-hmm. because they continue to bring more and more stuff into the room right and it you don't even need up- a kid who shares a room i feel like this is a problem with any kid room it is and these are this is our middle child and our first of two youngest i guess yeah. we could call this these both of our middle two middles but man it was a disaster it was stressful so we basically spent what the whole afternoon yeah, trying to organize their room <laughs> yeah uh, tj took a quick trip to go find an organization cubby system to put all their stuff they have so much stuff the the amount mm. of boat like the hair bows <laughs> hair tie all of this girl stuff i don't know what it is they've got their caboodles which i thought was supposed to be like the girl tackle box like you peep everything it is supposed to be that but they have two like the amount of stuffed animals they have Mm -hmm. the hair stuff the the little toys that wind up they're getting into like just having fun with makeup and nail stuff and it's just stuff, stuff, stuff. Hmm. But anyway, we've stuffed it away into organization and we got rid of some stuff too. So that was nice. Right. But man, if you if you have uh, kids who share a room, please, what are your secrets? Mm-hmm. What are your secrets? Please tell us because we <laughs> need to know. It's It probably won't be too long until that room is, is a disaster again. Right. <laughs> I'm, yeah. And as they get older in their closets, I, I just, yeah, share us, share your tips with us. Hey, so last week we did a part one of uh, the funny thing about marriage. And the funny thing about marriage is you got to learn to be kind to each other. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard if if you don't have love and respect. And by the way, we know that there are a lot of single parents listening and even non-parents. We believe that as we talk about ways to show love and respect, these are core human being principles. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't. We're applying them to marriage, but you could easily apply these directly to any relationship, a relationship with a kid, mm-hmm. uh, with a friend, with a coworker, with a neighbor. And I'm I'm actually a, a big believer that all of the, even the things that we're talking about, at the end of the day, we can't control the other person. We can only control ourselves. So the, these are even things you can do to yourself. Like, this is how to show love and respect to yourself. Interesting. So, yeah, as you listen to these things, think about think about it with that filter. Who do you need to show love and respect to? And maybe, like Melissa said, mm-hmm. it is to yourself. And the more you show yourself love and respect, the more it will just flow out of you. It starts with you. Mm-hmm. All right, so to quickly recap, last week we talked about the first four, and this week we're going to talk about the second four. Now, before we get into that even... And I don't mean to belabor this episode, <laughs> but we forgot to kind of give the short specs on our marriage, if anybody cares. Maybe you're listening, you're like, I don't really care, just move on. You can hit the fast forward button. 
<laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> but Melissa and I have been married since the year 2008. Right. And bef- <laughs> I was, I was going to say that because that's all I know. I don't know the math. <laughs> oh, you and your memories. <laughs> I'm like, I know we were married. We got married in 2008. Don't yeah. ask me how many years. T- 12, 11, 13. 13. 13. But who's counting? It was in September. So it's, we're not even at 13 yet. Before we got married, we dated for four years, and those were basically our college years. Mm-hmm. Date. We met at college. We, you transferred schools. I chased you down. Right. I was like, you're not getting away from me. <laughs> and then we, we got married. What a year or so after college, and babies. Well, we we were married for, I want to say four years before our first child. So we had four years of marriage before we had any kids. And then since then, we've had four children. So we are married with children. Yes, we are. And gosh, how would you summarize our marriage? (laughs) How does one summarize a marriage? Um... The first year was we moved into a townhome. And we, no kids, no pets, no nothing. Just me and you and our jobs. And I feel like it was half of the time it was torture. Just trying to get used to living with with another human being. Oh, that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. What part did you think I meant? I was, I didn't know what you were, t- like torture. Like that's a, that's a strong <laughs> word. Just saying like I mostly. It's a harsh word. Mostly <laughs> me torturing you with all of my antics and annoyances. But, uh, but then, yeah, you figure each other out. We ended up having a dog. Mm-hmm. Get we we ended up having a dog. That was a super weird way to say <laughs> that. that. Is good. <laughs> we had a dog. Uh, we adopted a dog actually. Yes. Libby. She, she was amazing. She was amazing. She passed on just a couple of years ago, uh, and then we had kids. But mm-hmm. anyway, I didn't mean to trample. Were you going to describe? No, summarize? no, I, okay. yeah, no. It was torture. It was, torture. I'm just saying, for you, it was probably torture. <laughs> Because of me, it was my fault. <laughs> it wasn't all torture. I know. There was a lot of good, too. We Those were actually good years hanging out with our friends quite a bit. And um, the honeymoon season, mm-hmm. it was great. It was hard. It was great. Right. All right. The last uh, week's episode, we talked about eight ways to show love and respect. The first of the eight, here where they, I'll summarize them quickly. Number one, by the way, these are, especially I'd say for people who've been married for a, a, a I don't know, a, a decent amount of years, you drift away from these things sometimes. And maybe there's one on this list or two things on this list that you can draw, you can draw back on that maybe one, one day you used to have. The four that we talked about last week is to be curious. So to really, like, are you really curious about your, your spouse still? You used to be when you dated. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you wanted to know so many things. These days, do you think you know it all? Well, they've changed a little bit. You know, are you still curious about them? Um, the second was, if you think something good, say it. For crying out loud, you can't read people's minds. If you think <laughs> a good thought, what good is it if it stays in your brain? Say it. Uh, prioritize your time with them was number three. So this one can be really tough, especially once you start throwing kids in the mix. Mm-hmm. You really have to be intentional about prioritizing your time. That's like a no duh, but it's a I never do it unless you prioritize it. And then the fourth one was win them over with the little things. So again, when you w- went back in your early your dating years, you were constantly trying to win each other over. Make CDs. 
You made me mix CDs. You made me mix CDs too. We made each other mix CDs. Yeah, that, that When's was... the last time we made each other a mix CD? Make uh, me a Spotify playlist. I I will. <laughs> that would be but... like the best Father's Day present. <laughs> okay, thank just make you. me a great. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's all I need: a Spotify playlist. <laughs> So let's dive into the back half of these, and we'll kind of fly through them. But let's start with number five. Okay, number five. These are ways to show love and respect. And these are things that TJ, we talked about in the first episode, TJ um, wrote this in like an article, like in 2017. So we're testing the waters to see if they're still timeless. That's right. So number five, build each other up. Say more about that one. Build each other up. Look for ways that your partner is naturally gifted or, um, and just encourage, encourage one another. Yeah, I, I would, what I would say about this one is I think people want to know that you believe, like somebody believes in me and you don't, you don't always get that from a lot of, a lot of other people in this world. And I think especially in a marriage context like you you actually do need to communicate that you believe in or you are proud of the other person so i'd say like from from a male's point of view and again i don't speak for all males but just to kind of contextualize a little bit i would say like it's important to see the best in him to share like every guy wants to be a great man or a great husband or a great dad like that's deep within every every man I think so rather than tearing him down with what he doesn't do well, this is about building up what he does do right. And same the other mm-hmm. with, your, yeah, with your wife. I think it's universal with so being ta- a good mom, a good, yeah, a good human. <laughs> so like I, w- I feel like I would be doing the opposite of what I should be doing. If I'm tearing you down for what you do poorly all the time. So, and I probably do that and that's bad. You should slap me. Just hit me right in the face. <laughs> but as a instead of that, like build each other up with what are they doing right? You know, uh, and and when you do that, they're naturally going to look for ways to keep improving mm-hmm. in that area. I remember when I was a baseball player in college, I had a couple of different coaches. One, of, I had a coach who tore me down more. Like he would mm-hmm. constantly tell me, "Here are the things that you're doing wrong, 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 wrong." Right. And then I had a different coach who would always tell me, here are the things you're doing right. Right, 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 right. Who do you think I had more confidence playing for? Hmm. It was the coach that was building me up on here are the things you're good at. So it's not to say like we should never say things that aren't going well, but I think really focusing on building people up based on what they are good at and what's going well is going to be the motivating factor for most people to, to keep wanting to you know, rise up and be the best we can be. That'd be the way I'd summarize that one. I like that. All right, so that's number five. How about number six? All right, number six, have each other's back. Have each other's back. So I think this one's about holding each other up is in a high high regard with other people outside Mm -hmm. of the marriage. And with like your, if you have kids, your, your family in the moment, like... Yeah, it would kind of be, if you're relating it to, are you relating it to like having kids, like having your kids back? No, having each other's back 
in front of kids, like if you're disciplining or even like talking um, with high regard about your partner in front of your kids, I think it's easy to like, I don't, I find myself sometimes like in a moment where the kids are fighting and you're being like, you're asking the kids to stop or you're being a little harder on the kids in that moment. And then I have the kids back and not your back. Yeah, then then the kids, I think, start to see and feel that we're not on the same page. Exactly. And they'll get, as they grow up and get older, I'm sure teenagers are great at this. Go ask mom. They start to leverage. (laughs) Well, they start to leverage, yeah, they start to leverage and actually pin their mom and dads against each other, Mm -hmm. which would be the danger. So, yeah, I agree with you. But but what I would say is, I... (sighs) I don't like when I hear other dudes like talking poorly about their wives with with me. Like, let's say I'm with a group of guys mm-hmm. and like guys are going to be guys and just joke around and stuff, which is all good. It's all good. But if it's the constant like nagging about something that their wife is doing or whatever it is. Um, in not a productive way, like not a, hey, I'm here to like get your guys' help on this. They're or, not confiding in you about. Yeah, but it's more of like just a complaining like, oh, my wife this or my wife that. I think that's, I think that really hurts your marriage because it it communicates a lack of value for the other person. And I would say like, you gotta keep the issues in your relationship between the two of you and work it out together, not work it out with each other. So another example would be like, let's say you were really upset with me about something. I think what would be better than you talking to your friends about, Oh, I'm so upset with TJ. He did this stupid thing again (laughs) and yada, yada, yada. And he does this all the time. And I think it's all about just starting the conversation within your marriage before you go outside of your marriage in a in a complaining kind of a way, but that's I think that's what that one's all about. Have each other's back, hold each other up in a high regard. All right, what's number seven? Number seven is avoid absolutes. So things like you never, you always, which it's hard for any person to measure up to absolutes. There's nothing that will spark an argument more than you never or you always, mm-hmm. because now you're now you're going to start arguing about. Like oh, always, I always do that. What about the one time where you never, I never, <laughs> I ne- three years ago. I, that's that's gonna that's just a recipe for a disaster. Right. <laughs> Completely avoid absolutes at all costs. Words mm-hmm. like you never, you always, you know, though that's just disaster type language, and mm-hmm. we fall into that sometimes. I feel like we did that recently, even this last week. I think we had just a quick little, like, you never. And I'm like, never. Uh, The girls were upstairs when we were, we cleaned their room the other day. And then they came home and they were so excited. They were just so excited. Oh, and and, uh, Tenley came across a picture that was cut up. It was a picture (laughs) of her at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. A printed picture. And like slits, like several slits in her face. (laughs) And this is something that Maisie's been doing a lot. Maisie's the five-year-old who is basically our youngest child outside of the baby. 
and she is aggressive. She she calls them projects. She's like, <laughs> I want to do a project, and she just starts cutting things. I want to do a project, and she just starts slicing up pictures of people's faces <laughs> like a maniac. <laughs> but Tenley found it, and she started getting really sad and really upset. Like, this is my favorite picture who did this? <laughs> and then she started blaming Maisie. And of course, Maisie did it. But of course, Maisie denied it. And then Tenley said, you always ruin my stuff. You know what <laughs> Maisie said in, in reply to that? Mm. She said, I don't always ruin your stuff. And they started arguing about whether or not Maisie always ruins Tenley's yeah. stuff. So yeah. that's just an example of like the always and never language is going to turn into a complete gong show. Yes. So just avoid it. I think I think it's easy to fall into that when you start keeping score. And I think that's like a subconscious thing, but like like anytime you leave something out on the counter, I like log it into my brain and like over and over and over and then like things just bubble up and that's when things explode. You start well, you using absolutes like you always leave this. Out. As soon as soon as you throw out you always to me or you never, I've lost. Like mm-hmm. there's no way I can make up that ground. Right. Like you're giving me zero credit. And I'm not saying you. I'm just saying like in general. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not giving each other any credit whatsoever. There it feels so you feel so devalued in the moment. It's like demoralizing. Like you never, you always. So just completely stay with it. Instead, replace it and be specific about if you're disappointed by something or hurt by something be very specific about like what that thing was and uh that's probably the best way to approach it right yeah all right so that's number seven all right um number eight is show appreciation you always show appreciation Maybe that's a good way to... (laughs) Okay, thanks. So this one's kind of vague. Showing appreciation is different than building them up. And if you think something good, say it. I think if you think something good, say it is more like a discipline to train yourself. Like there are surely good thoughts happening in your head. It's more of a discipline to just let them come out of your mouth. Uh, it's It's like an internal discipline. Building each other up, which was our number five on the list Mm -hmm. is about focusing on the positives as a way to to really like connect with and motivate somebody else uh when it comes to showing appreciation i think it's just it's it's like really knowing you're seeing me or i'm seeing you and being specific about hey i really appreciate this about you um, and it might be something that's like day to day, something you just did or some, or it could just be like, I just feel this appreciation, uh, you know, and just being able to communicate that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not super great with this one. I'm again, I'm more of like a, I like doing things for you. I'm not as mm-hmm. good about, uh, saying these things out loud. I promise you they're in my head. Um, but I try to find different ways to show appreciation. I think everybody can do this in a different way. So when you start the car for me or make me a shake, that's you saying, I love you. Totally. I love you. Yeah. And even like, a, <laughs> it's so funny because when you're, when you're 
any relationship really where you see somebody on a daily basis, but here we are married for 13 years. Like do, we don't say thank you to each other. Right. We, we, sh- we should. And I'm guessing a lot of married couples do, but you just drift away from like, Oh, you handed me a cup of coffee. Like it wouldn't be hard to just say thank, <laughs> thank you. you. And that's just a way of showing appreciation. So it's being intentional about showing appreciation <laughs> that sometimes you can drift away from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So that's what it was. Eight ways to show love and respect. That's that's a playbook. That's a, a thing that we are aspiring to continuing to do better and better. Melissa and I do not have the perfect marriage. So no, and I'll be honest. Like, let me ask you this. So, like, sometimes these lists are overwhelming to me. I think they're great, and I think we're like it matters, and I like everything on there. But sometimes it feels it's really easy to like think you're a failure if you're looking at a list, even if they're practical things like seven ways, five ways, eight yeah. ways. How do you like? Not feel like how a do you not feel like a failure in Here's, marriage because it's hard. It yeah, it is. I what I would say is anytime I see a list, I try to pick one thing that really connects with me, one thing that I feel like I'm doing well, and one thing that I I like just know in my gut. Like when I hear it, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's the one I need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm we can't get all of these things right all of the time. And there's different seasons you go through, like you have a newborn in the house or you have a dog throwing up all over your carpets. Or yeah, we have like that. there, you have days where it's like, this is a really hard day to do X, Y, Z. But I think we all have our struggle points. So I would say, yeah, a way to not feel like a failure is, first of all, figure out the one that you're good at. And keep doing that one. And don't try to be good at absolutely everything. But what's the one that... And then what's the one that spoke speaks to you and it's like, oh yeah, I could I could get better at this one. Even if this week I'm going to try harder at... If I think something good, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not great at verbalizing things. I think good things. It's not that I think terrible things. I'm not a terrible human being. But I'm just not good at saying these things out loud. It's awkward or it's like, is it really necessary? They already know. I would say if you think something good, say it. Anytime (laughs) that anybody has had something good to say to me, it has never been a disappointment. It Mm -hmm. only builds you up as long as it's genuine. Right. So what what have you got to lose? And I feel like we're all our work own worst critics like we already know what we're doing wrong yeah that (laughs) yeah we all have a signature sin as they as they call it Mm. it's like what's Mm -hmm. the one thing that it's just it you keep tripping over it it's a what's your downfall so i would say pick one thing out of the list and then find ways to keep getting better that's all we can do so there you go eight ways to show love and respect but with that, thanks again for listening to The Funny Thing About Parenting. Really do appreciate it. And if you are enjoying these episodes, just take a second to tap the five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. That helps this podcast get in front of other amazing parents just like you. And with that, we can't wait to see you next week.